We are in week three of our series called uh, Relationships Goals, and I hope that you've enjoyed the first two weeks so far. We just want to encourage people in their relationships and help people take their next step and just have great dialogue with their spouse or whoever um, that they're connected with, whether you're single or dating or whether you are in a marriage or not, whatever relationship it looks like, we just want to encourage you in those relationships. I don't know about you, but um, I find it hard to choose uh, like a new series on Netflix. Netflix, Amazon, any of those things. Anybody with me? I have a really hard time just choosing, and then once a series concludes, picking a new one. Anybody with me this morning? Like I just, I struggle with it. You know, it's like, okay, I just came out of something. I'm connected to the characters, and it's challenging, and then I got to go to a new series. Well, this just happened to me recently, and uh, and so I was pretty hooked into, um, I'm a Star Wars guy, so I was hooked into The Mandalorian, and so really into that, and then there's just nothing as satisfying really after that. And I tried a bunch of different series, and it just felt like all the series I, I just kept clicking on were just total trash. Like, that's what they were, you know? Like, good production value, get hooked into the characters, and then all of a sudden it's like episode one. I, I just, I'm like having to skip like half the episodes. I just can't seem to get through anything, and so you pick another one, and it just felt like one after the next, after the next, it just felt like I kept going down these slippery slopes, and, and then, you know, in terms of like wanting to have a new series, then it goes bad, and it's like, okay, I'll cut this one off. And I started talking to people around me, and they were just like, oh, you just got to get past it. You just got to go keep going, and I was like, keep going, but it, the content's not very good. And it's like, oh, but, you know, it's in everything. And, and then I started having these conversations and these dilemmas, and it was tempting for me to want to keep going in the series, but knowing that it wasn't necessarily good for me, right? And what's interesting about temptation, and you might be wondering, we're week three of a series, so the, the first two were a little bit more easy. This one's a little bit more challenging in terms of application and what we're going to be talking about, because we're talking about defeating weakness today as we do that together. But it's really interesting that, that there's this temptation to almost just, just, just deal with it. And we've created these streams where nobody would ever know if you deal with it or not. Actually, nobody would ever know unless you somehow convince it or you're, somebody goes in your, your history. No one's really going to do that, right? But, um, but you know, th that's kind of the age that we live in. And, and temptation is like that. It's like when we, we have this really good thing presented to us and we could just keep going, but we don't know if we should. And when it comes to defeating our weakness, it has to be an acknowledgement that, that maybe something's not the way it's supposed to be. But temptations are all around us. It's like not just in Netflix TV shows or not just in streaming services, but buying shiny new things, right? It's like I might be drowning in debt. I might have to fight for my life here, but man, that thing is shiny. I know it's going to cost, oh, I just, but I need it. You know, that pair of shoes, I just, oh, I need that pair of shoes. Or, you know, that, that TV, it's like 4K plus. I just, I need the TV. Or, you know what, I need that ride. And we, we get to these places where we overextend ourselves because we're tempted in it. Or we, 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 we see things online and we get addicted to those things. Whether that's, you know, and this often happens with pornography and we can't stop. The images thrill us, and then we lose our intimacy in our relationships, and we tell ourselves it's because we grew apart, but we just let something grow in the middle, and we just allow this temptation to keep going on. Or we maybe it's it's these small lies that creep up, and 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 it was just a medium one, and then it turned into a big one to cover the medium one, to cover the little one, and then we end up living the lie, and we we wonder, man, am I? And then we we live to deceive and it crushes our soul and we're the ones that know but maybe other people don't know 
Or maybe we just get so busy and we're just tempted to fill our time with stuff every day. And we're tempted to fill our time because we live in a culture of, of, of having to produce with our life. And so we, we give ourselves over fully to some, something and we wonder, man, why is it killing me? I keep go, doing work to the max and chores and kids and hobbies and uh, all this stuff fills up my space until I just drift away from the things that really matter to me, maybe even drifting away from God. And somewhere along the line, we got tempted and we took the bait and then we took the next step. And we didn't automatically think, oh, I'm getting tempted right now. But maybe it was the number of steps. Maybe we got somewhere and we're like, how did I get here? This isn't good for me, right? But we somehow got there. And then we go back and we say, you know what? It was the temptation's fault. But there's, a, there's this man, his name is William Barclay, and he says this, temptation is not meant to make us fail. No, it is meant to confront us with a situation out of which we emerge stronger than we were. And so if we can call a spade a spade, and if we can live our life with our eyes wide open, saying, God, I know, it, I know not everything is good for me. I know that you're good. Lead and guide my life. Then God can begin to bring us along the path. And in relationships, he can use our spouse or he can use our friendships. He can use the people around us to actually help us become stronger and better and more godly people. You see, in this series, we began with the idea of Christ-centered relationships. That's putting Jesus at the center of all that we do. And then last week, we talked about mission-driven, being on the same page and trying to tackle whatever's ahead of us to live out of our value system. But here's what happens when you have values. Here's what happens when you place value above something else, is it excludes other options. And here's the thing about values is you'll often be tempted to uh, put on the altar of those values or to be able to, you'll be tempted to sacrifice your values for the things around you and get distracted. This is temptation. And then you get to a place where you're living not out of your values, but you're living something totally different. So the first week you talk about Christ Center. Then we talk about mission driven, knowing where we're going together. And then this week it's about moving the distractions aside, not succumbing to temptation, but being able to live a strong, healthy, and vibrant, godly marriage or relationship. So today we're going to be talking about weakness defeating. Now, I think in an age of skepticism, it can be really hard for us to talk about things like, um, things like an enemy or spiritual forces or evil, because we just it's not in front of us blatantly all the time. So it's really easy for us to say like, or it's really easy for us to just say, be skeptical and say, you know what? There is nothing. There is nothing that's fighting against me. It's, it's all in my own head. It's all me. Uh, but the Bible actually confronts this idea that there is evil at work. There is an enemy that's trying to defeat your life. And we see this in a book called Ephesians. Ephesians is written, uh, is, is, is written to a specific church. And at the end of Ephesians, um, it's talking specifically about how, learning how to uh, live out of strength and, and walk in strength and, and protect yourself from the things that might tempt you away from what you value. And in relationships, the things that might tempt you away from a healthy relationship or the things that might tempt you to something good but not what's best for you. And so we see this in Ephesians 6, 11 through 12. We read this in, in the New Testament and we read it and it says this. It says in verse 11, Ephesians 6, verse 11, it says, put on all of God's armor so that you will be able to stand firm against all the strategies of the devil. For we are not fighting against flesh and blood enemies, but against evil rulers and authorities of the unseen world, against mighty powers 
in the dark world. You see, what God originally blessed in marriage, evil meddles with. And so what God loves, there's somebody that we cannot see. There's evil forces that we can that hate what is going on that is good. And this might be, you might feel like there's a struggle in relationship. You might feel frustrated or angry, upset, hurt, afraid. You might get to the point where you lose trust. And I'm going to say this because I think it's, um, I, I'm going to say it this way, that, that these things that we often say, oh, I'm frustrated or, or I'm, I'm angry and I'm upset, there are part of it that, that we control. There is. We have to take some responsibility. But we got to know that there's also an enemy that's trying to divide us. And it could be not your spouse, but it could be the enemy that's at work. You could be, you know, the fact that when we, I said the first week that we need to start praying together, maybe there's things that you haven't seen yet, or there's things that you're not praying about that you're blind to, and so you're under attack. And so even things like singing today and singing God's word or reading God's word, it helps us to see what's at work. C.S. Lewis, who is an incredible uh, apologist, that's somebody who, uh, he's no longer alive, but somebody that, that fights for the Christian faith. He said the greatest lie that the devil ever told uh, was that it was to believe and convince people that he didn't exist. And if we believe in a world, an unseen world, if we just say it doesn't exist, and so it's all on you and it's all on me and it's just each other that are fighting each other and we're just fighting with ourselves, well, then if we have an enemy that we're exposed to that we have no idea about, we're going to leave ourselves blind to it all the time. And so here we see Paul telling us that, that there's, you actually have to put on the armor. It's available to you, but you got to put it on. And you got to know that there's somebody strategizing against you not being profitable, you not growing in your relationship. But whatever God blesses, evil meddles with. Again, in Peter, it says in 1 Peter 5.8, Peter, another one of uh, Jesus' disciples, who was an eyewitness of Jesus' death and resurrection, says, stay alert. Watch out for your great enemy, the devil. He prowls around like a roaring lion, looking for someone to devour. And here's the thing about good enemies. I don't know if you've ever watched any war documentaries, but good enemies don't proclaim when they're coming. Have you ever, have you ever, ever seen, it's like, we're coming to attack you now. It's like, oh, okay, good, because then I can prepare. It never works that way, right? There's always this part that we don't see that, that the enemy is coming. And so we need to stay alert. The enemy never announces his attack. But when we're doing good, you got to know that there's opposition that comes. And evil often attacks with distractions and tempts us away with things that look much better than we have now. And so it might seem hard, harmless. It might feel like nobody barely notices what you did or what's happening. But it could potentially destroy everything if we allow it to grow. If we allow ourselves to succumb to some temptation. Now, I'm not here today to, to hit you over the head or make you feel guilty. Because we all face temptation. And temptation in and of itself is not a bad thing. It's the acting on the temptation and what we do with it, that can either be good or bad. Actually, temptation can produce good and, and it can produce strength in us. It can also, temptation can also cripple us. And so it's important to have the conversation so that we know when we're tempted, it's not in and of itself a problem, but what we do with the temptation really does matter. And it can lead to good things 
or can lead to things that really can harm and hurt us. Now, this happens in relationships all the time with comparison. I think social media has doubled down on this, but comparing, let's say, someone's husband to another husband. Oh, he doesn't take me on a date. You all know this on Friday, right? You all had expectations, whether you say you had them or not. There's expectations, right? Did you get me flowers? Maybe you're not a flower person, right? But then you're like, oh, he doesn't take me on the date. I know this about myself. I'm not very romantic. I got to work on it. Hardcore, okay? Anybody romantic in here? Oh, it's just dead. So we're all in trouble. God help us, right? But maybe it's the no romance thing. And we start wandering away with those ideas, right? We just start wandering. Maybe there's no emotional connection. It's not like them. It's not like their feed. I see them. Oh, they're cuddling. Oh, they're always smiling in their pictures. Of course they are. They staged it. <laughs> right? Don't base your relationship on somebody else's best moment. We are tempted to do this over and over and over again. Or men comparing wives. Oh, that person's not that, she's not that nitpicky, right? That, not that that's a thing, but just, just one of the things. <laughs> you know, oh, it's so, so insignificant. Like my wife thinks it's so significant and that one just so insignificant. Oh, he just works all the time and she's totally okay with it. But the problem with that is, is relationships were never meant to be about just you. What we're tempted to is build a relationship based on our great self. What are all the things? In comparison, what it does is it says, this is what I need and I prefer what I have and what I need, sorry, over maybe what my wife is or what my, my wife's needs or my husband's needs. And comparison really kills a relationship because it props up self. And when it comes to the little things or when it comes to even some of the insignificant things, we can make them big deals when comparison comes in. And things like fighting over money, we're, we're tempted to then just not be on the same page because we don't have a common plan. Or when we can't find agreement in something, we almost take it like we'll never find agreement. And so the relationship's done now. Maybe there's a significant loss of trust and that happens in relationships. You don't earn trust overnight. Trust is earned over a period of time. It takes many, many small decisions to earn trust and one really dumb one to lose it. Trust is, and there's a book called The Speed of Trust. You can read it, it's a great book. But it talks about this concept. And trust can be built over a lifetime. And so we got to know that temptation is a real thing. And temptation can be crushing, but it can also be something that develops strength within us. If we're not careful, we can become controlling and critical and pick things apart, can become passive and defensive. This is what happens when we fall into cyclical behavior of temptation. We begin, we begin to try and control and be critical. And the thing about it is your enemy knows how to trigger your anger, your insecurities, and your fears. Seduction, temptation. 60% of marriages cite porn as the leading factor of separation. It's the thing that lies in the dark. It's the thing that we can't talk about. And yet, 
I know the church, it seems to be like, oh, the church talks about this from a place of talking down. But I want to just say, I want to talk from a place of just being helpful. It's much better to live in freedom than it is to live in, locked into a place of feeling like I can't talk about this thing. And living in, gets, your life gets smaller and smaller the more that things like this take hold in our lives. We get tempted, we buy in, and we get stuck. In Ephesians 5 verse 3, we read something. You might feel this is unhelpful, but we're going somewhere today. But among you, there must not even be a hint of sexual immorality or any kind of impurity. And when we hear that, for some of us, we're like, oh man, not even a hint, not even a Netflix show. Like, for real. We play games like it doesn't matter, but it does. It all leads to something. Maybe... Um, when we think of, no, I'm gonna, I was going to go into a bunch of stuff. I'm just going to skip over it. I feel like we're hitting the tension already. But my question is this. I can, I can list a bunch more stuff, but I think we are all on the same page here. My question is this. Where are you susceptible? Like, is there a place that you feel like every time you go to that place, you, you, you go back? Maybe you feel vulnerable at the gym. Don't go to the gym. Work out at home. I tried that. It went pretty good. Not right now, like just six months ago. Go back, okay? But maybe you can't handle Instagram. Maybe you can't handle, there's no, or maybe you need to delete an app. Maybe you need to get filtering. Maybe there's a dangerous relationship at work that you're on the same page and it seems like you're aligned and at home you're not aligned and you know it's dangerous, but you keep playing the game. Maybe you need to change jobs. Well, you can't do that. Well, I don't know. What does it look like? My question is this. Why fight a temptation in the future or the present that you have the power to eliminate today? Like, why play games? I've been pastoring for a long time, and there's a lot of people that played games. They thought they were okay. And it devastated people. It hurt. And it was because they were playing with fire and they didn't realize that fire eventually gets out of control if you allow it to. And maybe you're sitting here and you, you, feel, you feel the tension of this moment and you're living in two extremes. The one extreme is like you're sitting here and you're like, churches always do this. Pastors always do this. Josh, you're stupid. Maybe that's you. You're like, this is stupid. This is dumb. There's no enemy that's against me. Uh, Josh, you're just, you're just one of those conservative guys. And so there you go, blah, 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 blah. Maybe you just think it's stupid. Maybe you're on that extreme. Or maybe you're on the other extreme. Maybe you're sitting here and you're like, I'm actually trapped, Josh, and I don't see a way out. And the reason that I, I, I feel like I don't want to talk about this is because I feel hopeless in it. And so I want to remind you, and I think scripture plays an important role in our life. Not just to, um, not just to find not just to find out, um, not just to find out about ourselves, but to find out about who God says that he is and not just our limited view of him, but to, for him to be able to stop, talk clearly to us about his truth. And in 1 Corinthians 10, we see this, and it says this, uh, 10, 12 to 13, it says, so I, so I think you are standing firm. So if you think you are standing firm, be careful that you don't fall, fail, fall, 
sorry, I looked into the light and I couldn't see the page. No temptation has overtaken you except what is common to mankind. Look at this. And God is faithful. God is faithful. He will not let you be tempted beyond what you can bear. But when you are tempted, listen to this. This is the promise. This is the good news. He will also provide a way out so that you can endure it. That's good news. You're not alone. Even in this group of people today, you're not alone. And you might feel like you're in it. You might feel the shame of it. You might feel the guilt of it. But God is faithful and he will provide a way out. And you might feel like, oh, man, I, I just, I don't know what the next step is. But beginning the process of praying daily, beginning the process of reading God's word, beginning the process of getting involved in next steps and finding a small group or getting joined on a team to be encouraged in your next step. There is a way and there is a group of people at Center Church that are here, not for the easy people. I had, God reminded me of that this week. You know, sometimes I'm like, God, this is hard. He's like, did I call you too easy? No, he didn't. There is a group of people here, authentic community of people. And we all got our stuff. And we're all on this journey of pursuing God together pursuing God, loving one another. And in the midst of that, an important part is that we'd be able to speak our truth to one another. The vulnerability, the openness of saying, there is something in my life and I need help. Maybe you're feeling I'm single and you're like, well, this is, this is fine. I'm single. And I guess that means everything goes. No, the last two weeks, and I said this again, is you don't build a life centered on Jesus in the future on a foundation of sin today. You pursue God today with all of your heart. And when I think about temptation, because I'm not void from it, the title pastor doesn't mean I'm void from it. It's like there's a target on my back. That's how I feel sometimes. And I'm not elevating myself, right? But I do feel like when I think about temptation, there, it, there's times that I have to visualize the destruction of jumping into that behavior. Like, I think for some of us, we actually don't go down the line far, far enough. Like our thoughts are like trains, right? And they go along these tracks. And where is this track leading you? Like, where is this track of your life leading you? And when I think about my decisions and the destruction on the other side, I have to think about the fact that I am going to meet God face to face. And I'm going to have to give him an account of my life. Here's what I did. Here's how I lived. And if I fall into temptation, I'm going to hurt and disappoint loads of people. You hit, sitting here today who feel betrayed by me. A staff, friends, church planters that I've been a part of. I'm going to have to step down from church if it's big enough. God will forgive me as he has forgiven you. That's the good news, right? God's forgiven us, but I'm never going to have the same trust. My children fully believe that I'm a man of God, but I understand that if I make certain decisions, that's going to throw them into a lot of questions. And Destiny, my best friend, we have four great children together. They were challenging this morning, but I still love them. 
has sacrificed beyond measure to allow me and allow our family to do ministry and has committed herself wholly to me. And I'm going to have to sit in front of her and have a conversation. So the question, where am I most vulnerable to attack really does matter in light of all those things. Not just for me, a pastor, but for us in our marriages. Like for real, where is it that we're susceptible? Have the conversation. And answer honestly. You can, only you can only discuss the things that you're strong enough to answer honestly in. Know this, what God blesses, the enemy hates. This is why I do think that praying together matters. There's scriptures that we see, and a few of them, no weapon formed against us shall prosper. And greater is he who is in us than he who is in the world, for we are overcomers by the blood of Jesus and the testimony. But we're not just battling our, our, our spouse, but we're battling our flesh and blood. No, no, the, the, the fight is spiritual. And I think when it comes to our lives, we have to know that there's more at play than what we see. And for some of you, you've been fighting alone for a long time. Maybe it's your parents that you've been fighting. Maybe it was everyone else's fault, but what you didn't realize is there is an enemy and what you actually needed was, was you needed some people to help surround you and pray for you and keep you accountable. I'm going to say this. For some of you, as you have these conversations, things might come up and you feel like you're already, uh, it's already challenging, but I'm just going to say as, 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 as honestly as we can, as we confront the things in our life together, that we are able to go from strength to strength. And I'm going to say that maybe you feel like there's things in your life that you don't know if you can fight for them. I'm just going to say they are worth the fight. Your marriage is worth the fight. And my, my marriage is worth the fight. And we have to put our big boy and big girl pants on sometimes and say that there might be some things that we need to work on. Has anybody got anything they need to work on in this room? Anybody? Thank God I'm in the right place, right? We all got stuff to work on. The beauty of church, the beauty of being in an authentic community is we don't fight alone. And when it comes to our lives, I'm just going to say this. I'm going to go for it. We'll see how it lands. I'll talk to the men first. Uh, men, it might be time to get up and lead. This has been something in my prayer life that I'm convicted of is I need to lead stronger and stronger in my home. Maybe you need to get involved in church. And maybe it's not serving on a Sunday morning, but it's being in a small group and being accountable. Maybe you need to serve together. Men, maybe you need to just dispel the myth that counseling makes you weak. Go to a counselor and realize how much you have to fight and the strength that comes through fighting your darkest places. Don't just fight like a man. 
be a man of God. Oh, I don't cry. Okay, cool. You know, there's a lot of men that would say they die for their spouse, but would you live for your spouse? Would you? Now, I know I'm getting up in your grill a little bit. You can handle it one Sunday, can't you? Look at me. Most of you can beat me up. But you need somebody in your life, and maybe you never had a father that came up to you and said that you can actually be the strong man of God that God intended you for, to, God intended for you to be. Maybe nobody looked you in the eyeballs and said, you're being an idiot right now. Or maybe nobody looked at you in the eyeballs when you went to your first counseling session and said, I'm proud of you. But you know what? It's been such an incredible journey to watch men and women in our church take those steps towards health and wholeness and to confront their darkest places and to say, you know what, God, you still work there and see God work miracles in our relationships. Men, let's step up. Now, women, if I may, I am not a mother, I am not a woman. But I will say this, is your encouragement matters. And I think you have a great opportunity in front of you to build up rather than to find fault with. And if we're not careful, criticism can lead to gossip and gossip can lead to resentment. And we need to kill these cycles. And one of the way that we do that is one through prayer and the second is just through encouragement. And I want to say that not every relationship is the same and not every relationship is easy. Relationships are challenging and they're difficult. But I want to say that um, that the cost of encouragement far outweighs the cost of criticism. And I feel like um, when it comes to a lot of relationships that, uh, and this goes both ways, so it's not just one way, but I'm treading a little carefully. But, but here's why. is because I realize in the church that often it's the women that are leading in the church. And I don't actually want to criticize women who often take the lead with spiritual matters. But I do want to say that criticism never leads to lasting change, but encouragement does. Don't just die for your spouse, live for your spouse. We want Christ-centered, mission-driven, weakness-defeating, and covenant-keeping relationships. And when it comes to our weakness-defeating relationships. We need to be vulnerable and connected with one another. We need to be honest with what we struggle with and believe in the potential that God has put in our lives. And I believe that as we move forward as a church, as we stare into our darkness, as we stare into the things that, that we are scared by, and as we put on the armor of God, 
that we'll be able to move forward, but we can't do that alone in our relationships. And so I want to implore you, I want to encourage you again today to step together, to step together and to be honest with one another, but to begin that life of prayer together to be able to confront, to walk in unity towards that common vision and together to walk with common values and anything that distracts you or tempts you away from those values, to remind one another of who you are in Jesus and to remind one another of what you value most. And this, I believe, as we pray, as we have clear values, will keep us on the right path and not falling to distraction. If you feel like you've fallen and you're stuck in temptation and you feel like you can't get out, I want to encourage you to fill out a Connect card today come find myself or another leader. And we would love to have a conversation about that. It's not easy. It's not simple. There's no overnight fix. We can pray for you. God does things. Uh, God does things, uh, can do things quite quickly. But in terms of habits, those are things that you have to work on and develop. But we are here for a church, not just for perfect people. We are here as a church for all people to take their next step in faith. And there's nothing more exciting to me than the potential of somebody turning away from somebody saying no to a decision and saying yes to a bad decision and saying yes to uh, what God has for their life. There's nothing more exciting. And so today we want to walk alongside you. So if that's you today, uh, I'd love to pray for you right now. And, and then uh, at the end of the service, you can fill out your connect card and we'd love to connect with you further. If you need help about something, if there is anxiety or there's depression or there's an addiction or something you can't get past, we want to walk with you. Why? Because we believe that in relationship, by the power of the Holy Spirit and the power of Jesus, that we are able to overcome and that we find healing through community. So take your next step today. And that today, February, what's the date? 16th, be the day 